0: Welcome to the Sensory Change Podcast, where we learn to think differently as a community supporting sensory kids at all levels. We share all sensory matters through discussions and interviews with experts in the field to get practical ideas and simple strategies to implement in day-to-day life. Here is your host and author of Against the Odds, Dana Latter.
1: is a a neurologist, herbalist, urban farmer and the author of The Dirt Cure, Healthy Food, Healthy Gut, Happy Child, which has been translated into 10 languages. She has been featured in The New York Times, The Telegraph, Sky News and many more. Dr. Maya is the founder of the Terrain Institute, where she teaches terrain medicine, earth-based programs, for Transformational Healing. Hello, Dr. Maya. Hi. I'm so excited to have you with us and um, I was very interested to know how did you get interested in this non-traditional healing method?
0: Well, I think actually that was part of why I went to medical school was because I had watched a special on sort of a news show that looked at healing and the mind by someone named Bill Moyers. And he was looking at a story of a young woman with lupus who couldn't tolerate her medications anymore because they were causing her to have kidney failure. And what they did was they gave her castor oil every time she took her medication and then they stopped giving her her medication. And she continued to respond just as if she was, getting the medication just by getting castor oil. And they said that this was called psycho and I thought, great, that's what I'm going to do. And I wrote an essay about it, actually, <laughs> to go to medical school and somehow they let me in. And I, you know, I that was really my interest from very early on. Um, turned out that after my training, I did not learn very much about that. Once I completed my conventional training, so I had to do a lot more independent learning um, to be able to incorporate that kind of work. But that has always been my my goal and my inspiration.
1: Wow. And um, Dr. Maya, your book ch- um, challenges the idea most parents naturally have in mind. What is the dirt cure?
0: So, you know, if we talk about Dirt here is sort of the same idea as as soil or as getting dirty, right? And so for me, dirt is three things. It's getting exposed to germs and microbes, eating fresh food from healthy soil, and getting outdoors into nature. And for me, these are the three foundations of children's health and really all of our health.
1: Exactly. And um, my listeners are mainly interested, I mean, in sensory processing, but also in healing the gut. So what would you recommend?
0: For me, a lot of the, you know, anything that is um, any malfunction or dysfunction of the nervous system or the brain is related to the rest of the body. And traditionally, we don't really, well, in a pharmaceutical model, that's really not how we tend to think about things. It's not how we've been taught to think about things. We think, you know, pill for the ill, right? So if there's a symptom, we want to give a medication for that particular symptom. But in fact, a lot of the symptoms grow from the body not functioning at its best. So... For me, all the health of the brain and the nervous system, including things like sensory processing, start with the gut. And I think of the gut as kind of the soil from which everything else grows. If you want to grow a healthy, beautiful garden, you have to have good, healthy soil to start with. So the gut is like that soil. It's where we digest our food, absorb all of the nutrients that nourish the brain and the nervous system and the rest of the body. It's also where we have a lot of microbes, um, up to three to five pounds of microbes that, um, that actually communicate with our immune system and our brain. So having healthy germs, right? Healthy microbes living in the digestive tract is critically important for function of the brain. And in fact, in our gut, we produce more neurotransmitters than the entire central nervous system. So our digestive tract is really the foundation of the health of our nervous system. And when it comes to sensory processing, um, you know, there are a lot of reasons that we can, that it can be faulty, you know, in some way, or, you know, whether too intense or, or, you know, not sensitive enough, but that sort of, Mismatch or that you know lack of optimal functioning begins before you ever get to the nervous system. It starts. It starts in the gut.
1: Exactly. Um, I tend to see a lot of talk. I mean, focusing on the gut health rather than on the whole picture, and like uh, I believe on um, combining you know, a program of working on different senses and not just on the gut. What you as a neurologist think about it?
0: I'm sorry, in terms of working not just on the gut, but... Yes, a a holistic program of uh,
1: dealing with all of the senses and not just focusing on the gut.
0: Sure. I mean, I think it's, you know the gut is very foundational, but it's certainly not the whole story. And when I'm working with somebody, I'm looking at kind of, I start looking at food, diet and the health of the gut, but I always am looking, you know, those are, those are some of the foundational pieces of health, but we also have to be looking at how we can mitigate some of the difficulties that people are having just from a symptom standpoint. So if someone feels like, you know, when they're out in a crowd, like they're, you know, in a, you know, at the air, like it's, it's so intense to them that they feel like, you know, their jet planes landing all around them, right? Because they perceive things so intensely. We can't just say, oh, well, let's um, target the the gut (laughs) and completely ignore, you know, these symptoms that are coming up, even though it, you know, what people eat and that whole piece might contributing in a big way. So for me, some of the things that I'm going to be thinking about are going to be also calming down the nervous system, um, and helping to rewire the nervous system. And there's a, I'll often work with botanicals, different kinds Mm -hmm. of botanical medicine that will help just take the, first of all, just take things down a few notches. And one of the best things that I love for that, that really almost everyone tolerates pretty well, um, depending on dose and, and formula is magnesium. So magnesium is like a neuro relaxant. It's a mineral. And so we all know, I mean, it's in certain foods and, and other things, but it's in fact, um, also, uh, an antioxidant in the brain and it's a neuro relaxant. So it means it's going to calm down, um, the nervous system and it, and it, it, it works well given every day. Um, but it also can be effective. Like when someone is feeling really anxious in the moment to give a nice dose of magnesium and, um, you know, it can be given a lot of different ways. And one of the simplest ways, um, is actually Epsom salt baths. So just putting a cup of Epsom salts, which is the salt is actually magnesium sulfate and sitting in that warm bath for 10, 15 minutes with a cup of Epsom salts dissolved in advance um, means that you're absorbing magnesium through your skin and it can be very calming to the nervous system. And that's like um, a really important piece because so many people who have sensory processing issues are, are functioning in sympathetic overdrive. They're in that fight or flight state so much more often than they need to be and maybe then what's functional and good for them. So thinking of things like magnesium or there's other calming botanicals, sometimes for young children, I'll say chamomile tea, you know, is another very beautiful, um, gentle, but also effective way to calm the nervous system down. Um, and it happens to also be a little bitter, which makes it very, very good for the digestive tract. And I love the way plants work and why I use plants in my practice is so that you can hit a couple of different things, right. Or many different things with one therapy. It's not one thing for every problem. It's like, Oh, you know, this, this tea or this herb can you know, help with sleep. It can help with calming people down. It can help with the digestive tract, you know, and so on.
1: Exactly. And, um, in your book, when you speak about why it's important getting dirty, uh, can, can you speak a bit about it?
0: Yeah. I mean, what I feel, um, you know, based on, I think most of us have experienced, this idea and grew up with this idea that um, being clean and being hygienic and being sterile, even this is a healthy thing, you know, the cleaner you are, the healthier you are. But really, um, traditionally we were actually much dirtier. We were much more, um, kind of enmeshed in nature, right? Like we were outdoors as, as humans, we were outdoors in communication with nature. Um, we might've been walking barefoot. We might've been growing things. We certainly were outside tremendously more than we are. And, you know, even if it came to like washing dishes or things like that, I mean, there weren't things like dishwashers and bleach and, you know, antibacterial soap. And what we found is that actually, um, you know, conversely to this idea that being sterile is what's best, um, it turns out that biodiversity of organisms, having a lot of different kinds of organisms and being exposed to many, many organisms is incredibly important for um, our brain function. It's important actually for gut health. It's very important for immune health because our immune systems really need that exposure. And it's important for our neurologic function and for things like focus and attention and sensory processing. Um, what we've seen actually in the science is that people who use dishwashers are more likely to have allergies. People who use a lot of bleach um, are more likely to have kids who have Frequent respiratory infections and not the other way around. So we've had this even people who have pets, right? Like dogs um, in Early life are less likely to have allergies Uh, So what we're seeing is that the more kind of the dirtier we get Meaning being exposed to germs, right? Because let's say the sponge where we wash dishes that actually does have bacteria in it, but those bacteria it turns out are actually Benefit so beneficial for our immune systems and can help prevent things like allergies and Autoimmune disease and lots of other issues because of course it's all linked So, you know, what's happening in the brain and the nervous system um, Depends on what's happening in the rest of the body and what our bodies want is to get dirtier
1: Uh So and how can we help change the parents views that it's important to get outside and get dirty and
0: well i mean i certainly you know i wrote a whole book about it with actually over 700 scientific references in the back so it's not throughout the book but you'll be able to look at all of those references to see that there is um science behind it and in fact they're almost all links so that people can type them in and see the abstract themselves um you know, I wrote this book for not just um, parents, but even you know their doctors, their principals, you know the the doubting the doubting in-laws, you know whoever, so that it can be really, really um, foundational in in the science. Um, but I think also it's about trusting that kids know what they need. And, that, and letting ourselves really like also enjoy and be um, immersed in the beauty of, of nature, getting outside, right? I mean, you know, most people really experience um, that feeling of feeling uplifted and elevated um, when they're out in nature, more relaxed. And in fact, that's even something that's been studied extensively. And um, like being in the forest, for example, for periods of time. So there's this concept called forest bathing, which is, um, based on the, on the practice of Shinrin Yoku in Japan, where it's just immersing yourself in the beauty of the forest periodically. And the studies that have been done on, on people who do this show that we sleep better. Uh, we focus more, we have better executive function. Um, we're calmer, our cortisol levels are lower. We're happier. We have better mood, um, and even things like our immune system function. Like we have uh, higher levels of anti-cancer proteins and natural killer cells, which are non-specific immune cells that we want to have, are higher after we spend time in the forest. Which means we're fighting cancer simply by just being in the woods. You know, and this goes for a lot of different aspects of nature. You know, we know that. People's brains function better even throughout life and later in life and you know it it's preventive for dementia if they garden regularly. So we have all these um, beautiful and enjoyable ways that we can immerse ourselves in the outdoors and and you know for children, it might be like making the mud pies and building forts and rolling down hills and you know making pretend potions with things and and helping with gardening right? you know, having that, that fun that most of us did have as children. And now many of us don't allow in our own children, um, that independence and that time outdoors. So, um, I do think, you know, it's maybe looking at the science, um, to get that kind of boost, but also, you know, letting, letting your kids and yourself enjoy the things that, it's kind of a win-win, right? Because it's, it's fun and beautiful to be outside in nature. And it also turns out it's more effective at healing our bodies, our immune systems, our brains, than any pharmaceutical that exists.
1: Uh-huh. And um, most of the people you see come to you, um, I mean, the, the children that you see, they're already taking medication and you're trying and they're making the change or it's children who don't take medication?
0: I see, you know, kind of the whole gamut. I mean, there are people who come to me on medication. Maybe they want to come off. Uh, Maybe they're having, you know, side effects or they don't feel they need it anymore or they want to try something different. Um, And then there are people who want to avoid going on medication and are hoping to, um, you know, find a regimen or, you know, the root cause of what is the trigger for many of their problems so that they don't ever need to go on medication to begin with.
1: And um, living in, in the States, you, you see that, you, you know, most GPs just subscribe them medications probably easily and as a quick cure, which is not.
0: Yeah. I mean, I do think that, you know, when somebody comes with, let's say problems with focus or, you know, even children with anxiety um, or if they feel sad, you know, there's not a whole lot that's put into what else can we do besides medication, you know? And so, but the problem is that it's doctors are not always given a lot of time with patients and they're also not given a lot of tools. So the big tools, you know, no, very few physicians who go through conventional medical training in the U S and I would assume, you know, in other countries too, but certainly in the U S they get very little, even basic nutritional, um, training, which means Some of the most basic things around food, around diet, around gut health, how those things all, you know, what to do, what kind of probiotics that might be helpful to, um, you know, affect mood. All those kinds of things, that's not something that conventional doctors have in their toolbox. So naturally, they often go straight to pharmaceuticals. And that's also it's quick it's a quick thing to write a prescription. And so, um, kind of everything supports going down that path. Um, but, but I think the population is kind of waking up to the fact that pharmaceuticals, you know, don't, don't offer something for nothing. Like we have to give something up for what we do get from those pharmaceuticals. Sometimes they can be effective but cause a lot of problems and sometimes they're not effective and sometimes they're very harmful. So, you know, we need to always know that we're not going to get everything. Um, it's not just a a free ride when we try pharmaceuticals. And for me, if you know, anyone just started on a medication, a pharmaceutical medication, I'm always thinking, how am I going to be able to get them off? So that's always in the back of my mind or in the forefront of my mind even. When I need to prescribe medication because we're in a real disaster situation, um, I'm always thinking, okay, what are the next steps going to be so that we can get this child or this adult off of meds? Um, What's my plan?
1: And I'd like to know how your institute that you created in uh, Ecuador uh, helps you're in your daily work
0: well so I the the institute is actually online and people anywhere can can sign up for the the trainings and the courses but um, I it did start for me as I began to study with indigenous healers and um, elders and shamans when um, I traveled and and did go to El- Ecuador and it's because uh, the paradigm in in the traditional cultures is that physical health and physical illness is actually um, a really a downstream problem. That the problems start in our spiritual and our emotional body. That we have three bodies, sort of the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. And if we're not paying attention to the emotional and the spiritual, then um, over time. We'll get sicker and sicker in our physical body. So it started to help me think about how I could really um, support people and and teach people to support themselves in the way that they healed. And in addition to that, um, you know, there's an idea that health comes from our our relationships, being in good relations and being in good relations means being in good relations with yourself, being in good relationship with the people around you and the living things around you and being in good relations with your place, with the place where you live, the place that, you know, you reside. So those are kind of the the sort of pieces that I wanted to address and I felt like it really wasn't something that people knew about or were learning about and it was such a profound um, healing for me and for my patients that I wanted to share it in a much bigger way. So um, I created an an online school and we have our first big course Um, and uh, we're gonna have many more courses including um, many taught by elders and indigenous people um, because I want, you know, people to speak directly from their own experience and their own traditions and not, you know, speak for them. Uh, uh-huh. and
1: how can, um, first of all, people buy your book and then go on your online course.
0: So the book can be bought, um, you know, online or in most bookstores. So, you know, anything from Amazon to supporting your local bookstore, and, um, it's called the dirt cure. I think in the UK, um, there's also a version called uh healthy food, healthy gut, happy child. So you might see either of those two versions. Um, and basically every, all of the, um, trainings that I have, all of the, you know, free webinars that I do. Um, I have tr- uh, several free gifts available on my website that people can find Um, that are some of the practices that I, that I've, you know, learned from the, um, elders and indigenous people, um, working with plants and grounding and, um, some meditations all for free. So people can go to my website, drmaya.com, D-R-M-A-Y-A.com for the free gifts and to find out more about, um, the school and the other offerings that I have. Dr. Maya.
1: Thank you so much for taking the time and
0: speaking to me. Thank you for listening to the Sensory Change Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe. For more information on sensory input and ideas, visit danalatta.com. Join our community this month to get a free seven-day online course packed with practical sensory activities and strategies.